Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Howdy there, folks! Welcome to another episode of After 9, everybody. It is, as we record, Tuesday the 16th of May, 2023, and there is so much to get to in this episode of After 9. We promised you in the pod we would talk about, no, we promised you on the radio that in the pod we would talk about a couple of things that we got some really good text messages on this morning. And one of them has to do with our premier here in Ontario, Doug Ford. Ah, Douglas. Yesterday, Doug did a news conference and it was fine. He was talking about retraining firefighters and 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 giving them more skills to, to be able to save us in dangerous situations. That's great. But in the questions, somebody asked Premier Ford yesterday about these new stats from the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. Three in four of their members have been personally subjected to violence or seen it against another uh, teacher or staff member. 42% of the union's members say they have suffered a physical or psychological injury or illness as a result of workplace violence against them this school year. Not ever. Not over the breadth of a career. Which, yeah, yeah. Since September, 42% of educators, elementary, have experienced violence or uh, something like that in the mm. work. Let me just say it properly here. They have experienced physical or psychological injury or illness as a result of workplace violence against them this year. And that's problematic on so many levels because, I mean, yes, of course, we're hearing that, like, I mean, for, for a teacher standpoint, there's people who are teaching right now or maybe were teaching that are just too fed up and can't do it anymore. Uh, I know people on leave doing that job because it's become too stressful for them. And I see that more and more, by the way. A lot of people say things have changed if they've been in it for a long time or this was not what I was expecting. Something's wrong. This is not what I remember growing up in the school system. This part of it was not there for them. Now, it all depends on where you went to school. We know some areas might have had this. This might have been a common occurrence where I grew up. Never. Never for me. Never saw it. Let's play a little bit of what Premier Ford had to say yesterday that some people, mainly for political reasons, are trying to stretch. Listen to this. Well, again, isn't that a shame? When we all grew up, that's the last thing you'd think of is hitting a teacher or showing violence towards a teacher. I think, honestly, as well, uh, it starts at home. Man, if I, I, I'll speak for my parents. God forbid I ever went up and hit a teacher, I'd get twice the hit when I got home. And I think everyone out there would say the same thing. So, you know something, it starts at home. Uh, you respect your teachers, they're there uh, to, to teach you, uh, give you guidance, make you a better person. Uh, so en enough of, of going after teachers. Teachers, uh, I couldn't do the teacher's job, to be very frank with you. Uh, they have a tough job, but for the kids, Man, 
you guys got to get your act together and don't ever go after a teacher. You know, there's where I disagree with Doug. I don't think it's the students that need to get their act together. I think there's a whole bunch of different things that need to fall in place, including somewhat students need to get their act together. Uh, some people are saying that that was Doug Ford suggesting that parents should beat their kids. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a real stretch. That's a very, that is a stretch. Absolutely. And now, now that said, though, we all know that if you had an unedited conversation with a lot of people, and I would say probably around Doug's age, but younger as well, they would probably tell you that, though. That stretch would be what they're saying. Maybe if your kid is a little shit, you need to teach them a little lesson and don't be afraid to do it. I think that that's a conversation that people have had, will have, would have. And that's not what Doug said there, so everybody calm down. But I'm sure there's some people who think it, who think that there's obviously not enough done in the house in terms of punishment for your actions. I think what Doug was doing there was drawing on his experience. And I had a very similar experience. Let me tell you something about when I was in school. If I got sent to the principal's office for something, there was no discussing it. I didn't go home to mom and say, well, the teacher did this and another student did that. And then my mom gets all riled up and storms into the principal's office and, and starts demanding answers and wants to speak to the superintendent and the trustees and all that sort of shit. It didn't go down like that. If I got sent to the principal's office, I was shit scared to go home. My mom never hit me. Never. But I was really afraid of what her response was going to be if she found out I got sent to the principal's office for acting out at school. Now... When my mom did eventually go in and meet with the principal, the conversation was not going to be like the conversation is today. See, then my mom probably would have said, I'm really sorry. I will take care of this at home and I will make sure that this does not happen again. And if it does, please let me know right away and I will continue to make sure that that doesn't happen. Now, if you are a uh, student today, it's a very different scenario. It's very, very different. There's a lot of outbursts happening in classrooms, first and foremost. A lot of people just breaking down and going squirrely. Teachers have to deal with that all the time. And when I say teachers, I don't just mean teachers. I also mean early childhood educators. I mean uh, uh, all the people that work with students in a classroom. But it seems like these days parents are more on their kids' side than they are on the side of doing the right thing. In a lot of cases, it, let me give you an example. Your kid gets in trouble at school. Maybe they get sent to the principal's office. Is the kid going to be in shit when they get home? Or are you going to want to, I want to meet with the teacher. I demand answers. I want to meet with the principal. And if the principal doesn't tell me what I like, then I'm going to go to the, the superintendent. Mm. Why? I mean, the teacher's telling you your kid's a little shit. The principal's telling you your kid's a little shit. The ECEs, the, the certs, all of them are saying your kid's a little shit and parents still don't want to accept the fact that their kid is a little shit. It's got to be somebody else's fault. And I don't understand that. That's part of the reason that we're in the situation we're in right now. There's no consequences. We don't have consequences anymore. We've got this progressive discipline thing where kids have basically figured out you're not really going to get in trouble. You want to tell the teacher where to go? Who cares? Go ahead. Nothing's really going to happen. What, are you going to miss a recess? Maybe get a call to your parents? They're probably going to take your side anyway. There's not really a downside to acting out like this, to being violent or abusive or both. I can't imagine that, by the way. Being violent in the class and then a parent of that child just being like, mm, well, I'm sure that he had his reasons to. Like, I can't imagine. Who is that person? I'd like to speak with you. 
It happens it, it, daily. You're opening the door for your child, and this is a child we're talking about, to have some very dangerous habits going forward, I think. Disciplining your, your kid doesn't mean hitting. I'm glad you said that, too. Like, yeah, I, I, same thing. Like, I was scared shitless to get in trouble in school. I've never hit a day in my life. But I would certainly hear about the consequences of that. And maybe that meant for me being grounded, right? Like, for me, it was they took away my stuff. They would take my stuff away. And I get a talking to about it and everything else. But it scared the bejesus out of me to do it. Doug is right to a certain extent in that it does start at home. Let's make no mistake about it. There's one, maybe two people that are in charge of raising your kids. And that's the parents. Honestly. You need to take the lead on this. And you know what? Your kid isn't perfect. You don't always have to side with your kid. If your kid has done something wrong, you should be able to objectively step back and say, okay, that happened. Let's figure out a best way to deal with this. Let's figure out maybe consequences, maybe an incentive to correct the behavior. Maybe you have to work with the school and take advantage of the resources that schools have available for kids that are acting out or behaving inappropriately. There's lots of things out there that can help your kids solve this problem. However, you taking their side is not going to help. You leaving all the discipline to the school, that's going to do nothing because school's hands are basically tied. There isn't a lot of discipline they can hand out. If your kid got suspended for telling a teacher to fuck off, maybe you shouldn't go into the principal's office guns ablaze and demanding that that suspension be rescinded. Maybe you shouldn't do that. If your kid beat up another kid, maybe you should let the school consequence them. Maybe they should be suspended. And maybe you should be just as angry as the school is about that. But it seems like we're not all working in the same way here, Kat. Mm -mm. It seems like the schools would like to have everybody out on the best course. But unless they get that support from home, then it's not going to work. Did we do ourselves any favors by getting rid of the school resource officers? No, we didn't. You know what? There used to be cops in school. Yeah, I'd love th I'd love for that to be the case again. I mean, I don't have a, you know, a dog in the fight in terms of I don't even have a kid in, in, in high school, for example, where I assume most of them would be placed. Oh, they were in elementary, too. Elementary, too? Okay, good. Yeah, they would have like I a family of schools that I they mean, went to. I know it starts young, and I've heard stories from like grade four classrooms, grade five classrooms that, that blows my mind. Like, it's scary to me to think that this is the case. My biggest problem I always have is that some parents, I don't even think I would use the word lazy. I'm not sure what words to use to describe it. Maybe you could help me out with this. But a lot of the time, parents are just like, oh, my kid's in school. Good. Go learn shit. Do your shit. I'm out. You know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You are actually your kid's number one teacher. And what they absorb should actually mainly come from you. And of course, there's great subjects and teachers that are going to teach them all those little details, right? Like you got to learn proper math and English and all the other things that there's great social lessons involved in school and all these things that you can't necessarily teach them on your own. But at the end of the day, you have to teach them the basics of life, of respecting other people. Respect, be kind, because that's a part of it too. And yeah. of course, you're right. There's many layers to this though. The school boards need help for sure. But a number one should go to the parents. Why did you become a parent in the first place if you're just going to give it up basically the second that kid's in school? Because it seems to me it starts as early as ECE and I've seen it with my own eyes before. A parent just be like, oh, here, take my kid. Fuck, I'm not doing anything at home for them. I'm not helping them. It's all, all you now. Why did you, why did you have a kid? What are you doing to that kid? You know, because this kid will eventually turn into a young adult and then bigger problems could rise from it. And maybe that's what we're seeing and it could be a number of different things. Lack of resources is one of them as well. I know there's so many layers and I'm not in the system, so I'm not going to speak 
as in I'm as if I'm in the system, but damn Scott, I've heard enough stories from friends of mine who are, and there's a lot wrong right now. When the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario can say that three in four, 75% of their members have personally been subjected to violence or seen it against another staff member, 42% of the union members have suffered physical or psychological injury or illness as a result of workplace violence against them this school year. There's one solution at this point, just one, only one, zero tolerance. If there's an abusive incident at school, the kid's got to go. Suspended. Mm. We don't discuss it. There's no massive investigation. There's no appealing to the superintendent. There's no going to the school board and hounding down your trustees. It's not up for discussion. Zero tolerance is zero tolerance. If you injure or hurt or physically abuse, mentally abuse, if you engage in that behavior in school, zero tolerance, you're gone. And whether that means suspended, stay at home, or that means you're separated and isolated from the rest of the class, maybe you have to go and sit in a classroom full of other little shits, I don't know. But you've got to come out of the classroom setting because it's very disruptive for the students who are otherwise good students that just want to learn. These crazy outbursts that are happening, people that are getting in their teacher's face, people that are being abusive. We can't tolerate it anymore. And one more thing, if you're a teacher in school right now, and now you've got stats to back it up, 75% of elementary teachers have either experienced it or seen it with their own eyes. I don't know why you go to there anymore. I get that it's your job, but it doesn't seem safe. Nobody expects anybody to go into a job that's not safe. This doesn't seem safe to me. At some point, we have to address this problem because we can't have these educators who are there to do an extremely important job being assaulted verbally or physically on the job. It just doesn't work. At some point, the teachers are just going to say, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. And nobody should blame them. Nobody and should blame them. how sad is that? But it's the These reality, are some of the most, I understand. No, I totally understand. But how sad is that? Like, how terrible is that? It's horrible. It's horrible. These are people who, who probably grew up wanting to be in those positions, too. There's so many people I knew growing up. I wanted to be, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. Now they're in that scenario, and they're going, what the hell is happening here? This is not what I envisioned. This is not what I remember. It needs to be fixed. The whole thing needs to be fixed. And, and I, I don't know if we need to empower the schools a little bit more to be able to say, you know what? Don't put up with this. If, if somebody hits a teacher, there's no questions asked. We don't discuss it. We don't investigate. We don't do any of that shit. If it's plain as day that this happened, they're gone. That's just all there is to it. That's a safety issue. This is somebody's workplace. And we can't have people violently lashing out. I don't understand why this is an issue now that we're not willing to tackle today. And the answer is consequences, discipline, and zero tolerance. Zero tolerance for any sort of abuse. And does that mean some kids are going to get kicked out of school? It does. You know what? For the greater good, for the rest of the students that are willing to behave, that are willing to do their part to contribute to a good school community... They can't be constantly disrupted by this awful behavior. And you know what? Influenced by it. Monkey see, monkey do, right? How many times can you see such and such get away with telling the teacher where to go before maybe you think, well, nothing happens to them. Maybe I'm going to do it too. I'm not having a good day or I got a bad test mark. Maybe I'm going to tell the teacher to fuck off. It doesn't work that way. Set a precedent. Stop the shit now. And that's the only way. Discipline 
consequences. And Doug's right, it does start at home. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. How are you, by the way? Great. Good. Sorry, we didn't even really do an intro because I wanted to get right into the Doug stuff. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I know it's an intense topic for a lot of people, but we can go lighter. You, uh, you interested in an 81-year-old woman in a bathing suit? I don't know why so many people, like, I think it's great. Martha Stewart's on the cover of, of the cover of the swimsuit edition for Sports Illustrated. Fine. I, I can't imagine. I, there were so many people I saw comments today that were like, what is this? Senior Illustrated? Like, really? Like, do you really give a shit? Like, were you rushing to pick up a physical copy like it was 1998? Like, I don't understand any outrage that has to do with this. And also, she looks fabulous. She does look fabulous. 81 years old. She's proven a point, right? I mean, I su- I think that it's not just Martha Stewart, right? I, it's She had to agree to do it for sure. But I think it was a big deal for Sports Illustrated, who, by the way, have, has, have really gone out of their way. For those who are like, wow, what the hell is this out of nowhere? It's not out of nowhere. Sports Illustrated has included a lot of different diversity uh, in the mix over the last several years. And this is one of the things that they can just add to it for sure. Martha Stewart on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that everybody has seen it at this point because it really did blow up the internet yesterday when they released those first images. Martha Stewart is a year older than Joe Biden. (laughs) Look at Joe Biden bumbling and fumbling around, can't even go up and down a set of stairs without tripping, and then there's Martha Stewart, even older than him, looking like a million bucks on the cover of SI. I think it's great. I think it's good for her. What I'm wondering, though, is what will older women take from that? I'm wondering... Is my mom going to look at that and think, God, that's my goal to look like that when I'm 81? Or is the goal to to just be comfortable in your own skin yes. now before you're even 81? I mean, I hope that's it. I don't like that thought. I don't like that thought of like, oh, is that what I have to look like at 81? Everyone calm down. That's what Martha looks like at 81. And there's people who are going to follow it. Like, it, it, that's just, <laughs> I hate that, actually. I hate that that anybody would have had that thought. It's like the exact opposite of what it should be. But this is a woman who obviously takes care of herself. By the way, she fully admitted that she like went super low carb for two months and, and she did like extra Pilates to do this cover. She's like a regular person that would have done the cover. Uh, but there's a lot of, I mean, and yes, I know there's other comments from, okay, but she had plastic surgery and this and that and the next thing. Okay, fine. And, and maybe that's true. Maybe not. I, I don't know her t- plastic surgery history, but I think just if, if you don't like it, you probably weren't going to fucking buy it anyway. <laughs> and also for those complaining, there's lots of pictures of young people in bikinis online. Go fucking look at them. I just don't understand the complaints. That's all it is, Scott. And I don't think we need to dig deep as a reason why and the important reason why this is happening. Because you know what? It might not be important at all. It just is what it is. She's on the cover. If you like Martha Stewart, you probably think it's cool. If you don't care that much, you don't care that much. I just don't know why we have to emphasize on all these things and so be so particular. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't like it. Don't like it. Kat, I know it's still a few years away, but at some point soon, your daughters are going to make decisions about post-secondary education. Right. Do you pay attention to the annual rankings that come out? Do they mean anything to you? No. I uh, I do like these, but only because I have two kids in post-secondary. Right, yeah. So when they do the world rank of all of the best schools 
around the world, number one, Harvard. Gets an A-plus for education, A-plus for employability, A-plus for faculty, A-plus for research. And those are the four main criteria for this. How many years has that been number one? Harvard? Did they mention? Well, I mean, it's gotta be, I'm assuming it's been number one before, yes. But has it been like multiple years in a row or has it always just been in the top three or something? It was number one last year as well. It has yeah. been in the past, but yeah. it's up against a lot of schools. MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Stanford, Cambridge, Oxford, Princeton, mm-hmm. University of Chicago, I have never even heard oh, of, but it cool. came in seventh for some reason. Yeah, that's one that's not as common as the other ones. Columbia, Penn, and Yale were all in the top 10. They say there was only one Canadian university that actually went up in ranking. That was the U of T. It only went up one spot. And it still is 26th on the list. Out of the whole world, uh, there's thousands of post-secondary institutions. I think that's pretty good. But you'd think in all of Canada, we could do a little better than that. In fact, some of the results were quite shocking. You have U of T... Sorry, it was number 23, not number 26. McMaster, we all know and love McMaster. They do great work. They've got the children's hospital and everything. 174th. Western, 188th. U of W, 204th. Just beat out Ottawa at 212. Queens, 325. York, 451. U of G, just made it in the top 500. It's at 486. Followed by Carleton, Toronto Metropolitan University, Ryerson, Windsor, Laurier, Brock, Lakehead, Trent, and Ontario Tech. Overall, uh, a decline for all Canadian universities. Like, what exactly does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> it tells me that I made the right choice when I sent my kid to the States to go to school. Now, he had a sports opportunity, and, and obviously, we don't have the same emphasis on sports in Canada. I wish we did. I really think Canadian universities don't do themselves any favors by not competing in that world of scholarships, whether it be right. athletic or academic. Well, but- yeah, because it'll do good things for us no matter what I think, even for the the economy of like sports, you know what I mean, and getting into those uh positions. Hey, yeah. there, there's a lot of young baseball players that are probably never going to make it to the major leagues, but you know, they could be playing a Canadian NCAA equivalent. We could have a very good sports league between mm-hmm. our network of universities. They're not even that far apart in a lot of cases. So the travel wouldn't be that bad. I wish Canadian universities would try and get a little more competitive and start handing out more scholarships. Cause I think more people would be more inclined to stay here. But when the U.S. is going up and Canada's going down and they don't really offer you any incentive to go there anyway in the way of money, I I don't see why this is even a question unless you just want your kids close to home. Kat, today is National Barbecue Day. Lovely. Favorite thing to grill? Well, see, I'm not, my husband's the griller. I am not. But my favorite thing to eat, um... Mind you, we've been doing more pan-fried steak, but we I have a flank marinating right now as we do this podcast. Really? I have a flank, yeah. How long? Flanks uh, are hard to cook. Yesterday. I find flanks what? really hard to cook. Oh, no. it's the best. A we- low and slow steak seems counterproductive to me. Oh, it's if you want the perfect texture and you want to eat every single morsel, because for me, I don't like fat and grit and all that shit. I don't like any of those steaks. Bone in, nope, not for me. None of it's for me. No tomahawks. Nope, not tomahawks. Nope, nope. Don't care how expensive it is. I ain't eating it. Uh, flank to me is just the perfect steak. You could eat every little bit. There's lots of great tenderloins and stuff like that too. But uh, 
yeah, I just, oh, I freaking love it. Um, and the way that we marinate it, the way that my husband puts it on the queues. Again, sometimes we do pan fry. We do pan fry steaks a little bit more lately, like the Gordon Ramsay style stuff. We like that a lot. But yeah, I think today, since it's National Barbecue Day, we'll throw that bad boy on the grill. The other thing I really like is vegetables. Stir fry. Thank you. Onion, pepper. Um, I'm not a mushroom person, but my husband will make a separate one that has some mushrooms in there too. Give me some of that shit. That's great. You read my mind. I'm looking at the top things that we love to grill in honor of National Barbecue Day, and I'm seeing burgers, chicken, hot dogs, steak. Great. Mm. Nobody thought to put asparagus on there. Nobody thought to put eggplant on there. Nobody thought to put mushrooms on the grill. There are so many great vegetables that are way better when you grill them. Oh, they're so good when you grill them. Oh, so good. Uh, top toppings that people are putting on their their burgers when they grill them. I would have guessed ketchup. Cheese is number one. Oh, nothing wrong with cheese. Especially the, the real cheese. Don't put that fucking craft single shit on there. Back to the uh, vegetable debate. There's only two vegetables that made the list of things that people want on their burger. <gasps> yes. Lettuce was the third most popular <laughs> topping. Can I, I tell do. you, I don't understand why people put lettuce on a hamburger. It seems silly to me. I See, and I'll, I'll say lettuce is not my number one because I'll do a lettuce burger. Ah, okay. That I would totally get. A little different, get. right? Lettuce to get but, rid of the bun. But you don't like the crunch, though? Do you like any crunch in your burger? Like, do you do cucumbers? Do you do pickles? Is there any crunch in your burger? I'll do tomato. I'll do... If I make the like tomato's a... Tomato's not crunch. If I make a Greek burger, it'll have tomato and it'll have cucumber and okay. it'll have feta. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's good. That's a good little combo. I'm so into my own burgers now. I just make different kinds and sometimes it'll be caramelized onions. Then I'll add in a oh, little bit of mushroom good. and stuff like that. Make it right into the burger. Not everything has to go on it. Some stuff can go in it. I got the idea from Farm Boy. If you go in there and look in that display case, they've got like eight different kinds of burgers at any time. They do. I just saw one yeah. yesterday. Poutine burgers. They stuffed it full of essentially fries and cheese oh curds. Oh my gosh. It actually tasted like poutine. Seriously, does it cook well? I always wonder what that shit shoved inside there. Like, it can't cook, right? If it's well assembled, then yes, of course it'll stay together. I guess your expectations are kind of low if you're buying poutine burgers, right? Who cares? <laughs> but if you buy it from there, I think it's probably pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it probably isn't bad. No plans for the long weekend? I do have a lot of plans for the long weekend, actually, yes. Flying anywhere? No, I'm not flying, no. Thank God. The Airline Pilots Association, they represent 1,600 crew at WestJet and Swoop, says they've issued a 72-hour strike notice. They plan to begin a lawful job action early Friday morning, which will include essentially the grounding and shutting down of operations. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is just another kick in the ass for Canadian travelers. After all the shit that you've been through for a few years, it looks like we're finally at the end of it. They seem to have figured out how to get their baggage from A to B. Seems like everything is good. You're not waiting in line for eight hours at security anymore. Great. Problem solved. Oh, wait. Now the pilots are going on strike. WestJet has also threatened a lockout. If they don't get a deal done in the next 72 hours, those pilots are either going to walk or WestJet and Swoop are going to lock them out. This is going to be a catastrophe. It's the second biggest airline in the country. A huge catastrophe. What? Why can we not figure this out? I know. We have these people that fly airplanes, and, and, and I know you probably think that all they do is serve you drinks and bring you pillows when you need them, but those flight attendants are, are basically first responders. I mean, they deal with a mm -hmm. lot of shit in their job. 
if they're not happy protecting all of our lives when we're at 35,000 feet, then I don't frankly want to be on the plane with a pilot that's miserable and hates his job. I would really like happy pilots. Sure. They've lost hundreds of them in the last year to other airlines. Yet WestJet responds and says, yeah, we pay them among the best in the industry. They should stop complaining. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, but you guys need to figure this out. I don't want to be on a plane with a miserable pilot. <laughs> no, I want a pilot who's happy-go-lucky, yeah. that's got plans when he gets there, that's got a little bit of money in his pocket, that isn't trying to pick up a side hustle to pay his mortgage. They should be happy individuals. Crew on a plane should be happy. Figure this out. Come on. And right before a long weekend, that's shady. Yeah. What are you guys doing? You may think it's to put pressure on the employer. You're really just screwing over a lot of travelers. If you guys could put that off till maybe next Tuesday, I think then you'd probably have a lot more people on your side. But that's all we have time for today, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of After 9. In the meantime, lots of archives available. And check out one of our radio shows. We're on like... I don't know, 17 hours a day or something like that on some station somewhere. London, Barrie, Hamilton, Kitchener, Toronto. We're all over. Have yourselves a good Tuesday. Bye.